If you would, this morning, I'd like to have you take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, and we will be looking this morning at verses 15 and 16, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. If you're visiting with us this morning, we started the book of Ephesians back in January. At the beginning of the year, we started a brand new sermon series And then in the month of March, we took a month off for our month-long missions conference. And then, of course, last week was Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And so uh, we focused on the resurrection last week, and now we come back to our series in Ephesians. And the Apostle Paul writes in chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, For this reason... Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I have two goals this morning. My first goal is to prepare our hearts as we share the Lord's Supper together. As a church, we believe that breaking bread together, that the communion service, the Lord's Supper, is a very important time of meditation a time of reflection, a time of contemplation. We take it very seriously here and don't think it should be something that should be rushed through. The second purpose I have in my message this morning is to prepare you for next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning, we are going to look at one of the great prayers in all of the Bible, certainly one of the greatest prayers in the New Testament, as the Apostle Paul teaches us how to pray for other believers in verses 17 through 23. And we will lay the foundation for that this morning that will lead us into next Sunday morning. But before we do either of those things, we really need to kind of remind ourselves where we have been in this series since the beginning of January. And so our first point this morning is the truth of Christ in us. The Apostle Paul in verses 3 through 14 of chapter 1 teaches us as believers about our great riches in Christ. And if you've been with us, you have seen in verses 3 through 14 of Ephesians chapter 1, just this one chapter, oh, there are some amazing truths, some glorious truths, some eternal truths, some that are even hard for us to wrap our minds around because of all that is ours in Christ. We have learned so far that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That alone ought to astound us. God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He has made us holy and blameless. He has predestined us to adoption as his children. He has redeemed us through his blood. And he has lavishly given us forgiveness, wisdom, and insight according to the infinite riches of his grace so that, so that he can ultimately unite all things in Christ. And then we learned that we as believers have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance in Christ. Wow. 
just in part of a chapter, we've learned all of those things. That is amazing. And Paul is about to pray that we will know and understand and live out and find comfort and strength in who we are in Christ. We will see next Sunday morning that he wants you, he desperately wants you to understand all that you have in Christ, all that you are in Christ, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, dwells in you, and by means of the Holy Spirit, Christ lives in us. I want you to know this morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that we have all we need in Jesus. And we have all of Jesus that we will ever need. We have all we need in Jesus, and we have all that we and we have all of Jesus that we will ever need. And I say that to you this morning because sometimes I will hear Christians give a testimony or they will pray, and I know, I want to be very careful here. I know that they are very sincere. And they mean well, but they will say in a testimony or they will pray, Oh, Lord, I want more of Jesus. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of your power. I want more of your blessings. And I want you to know this morning you don't need more because you've got it all. You don't need more of something out there because you've got it all in here. You do. In Christ. That's Paul's whole point. I want to share a quote with you. It's a quote I actually shared with you a number of years ago. It's from John MacArthur's New Testament commentary on the book of Ephesians, where he really hones in on this, and this is what he says. It is tragic that many believers become entangled in the quest for something more in the Christian life, for something special, something extra that the ordinary Christian life does not possess. They talk of getting more of Jesus Christ, more of the Holy Spirit, more power, more blessings, a higher life, a deeper life, as if the resources of God were divinely doled out one at a time like so many pharmaceutical prescriptions or were unlocked by some spiritual combination that only an initiated few can know. Oh, I tell you this morning, a lot of preachers have made a lot of money writing books about three steps to unlocking the power of God or three or five things you ought to do to get more of Jesus or more of the Holy Spirit. And oh, we need to know as biblically literate children of God that we have it all in Christ. Oh, we're going to learn as Paul prays that we need to understand that. The purpose of the Christian life is to unearth the great treasures that are already ours in Christ. And that leads us to our second point this morning, and that is continual thankfulness. Therefore, Paul begins this next section with the phrase, for this reason. Oh, words are so important in the Bible. For this reason. For everything I've just told you, taught you, impressed upon you in verses 3 through 14 for this reason, for this reason. And he says, because 
I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. For this reason, based on everything I just said, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, I have heard that you have trusted Christ as your Savior. I have heard that you know him as your Savior in Lord, that there has been a point in your life where you came to understand that you needed to repent of your sin and to invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you have surrendered your life to him. Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. The thought here in verse 15 is talking about your initial faith. That first faith that you expressed as a saving faith in coming to know Christ as your Savior. And he says, I've heard. I've heard you're born again. I've heard that you know Jesus. And then he says, and because I have heard of your love toward all the saints. I've not only heard that you have trusted Christ as Savior, but I've heard that you've given evidence, clear evidence that you are genuinely a child of God. Folks, one of the greatest pieces of evidence that you have truly been converted, that you have truly been redeemed, is that you have a love for all the saints. You have a love for all Christians, even those you disagree with, even those that you find hard to get along with. You love them. Because you have been reborn. You have been changed. You have been regenerated from within. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 3 says, We know, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. Isn't that interesting? You want to know how you have passed from death to life, from spiritual deadness to eternal life, it's because you love the brothers, all the saints. In fact, the Apostle John goes on to say, whoever does not love abides in death. Now that's convicting. Whoever does not love abides in death. So here's what Paul is saying as we move into verse 16. He is saying, because I know you are genuine, born-again children of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Because I know of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and because you have given evidence of that faith in your love toward all the saints, I do not, give, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I'm so thankful you're a Christian. Oh, we learned this in our missions conference in the second week. If you remember, on Sunday, the 11th of March, Carl Kresge and his message talked about the fact there is nothing more important than our salvation. A lot of important things in the Christian life, but nothing is more important than knowing that I know Christ as my Savior and my Lord, that I am redeemed that I have become a child of God. And the Apostle Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. And we ought to be thankful for each other. We ought to be thankful for our salvation. We ought to be thankful 
I ought to be thankful for my salvation. I ought to be thankful for your salvation. You ought to be thankful for the salvation of those around you because God has shown you mercy. God has demonstrated his grace and kindness to you. You didn't deserve his saving grace, but he gave it to you anyway. And so Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. And he says, remembering you in my prayers. He says, I pray for you. That means we ought to pray for each other. I ought to pray for you. You ought to pray for me. And so to kind of put this together, he says, for this reason, because of what I've just said in verses 3 through 14, because I've heard of your faith, your genuine faith in the Lord Jesus, and the evidence of that faith and your love toward all the saints, therefore, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I, I thank God for your salvation. And I remember you in my prayers because you are my brother and you are my sister. Now you may say, how do I pray for another believer? How do I pray for Pastor Tim? How does Pastor Tim pray for you? Great question. We're going to answer that question next Sunday morning. That's what we're going to look at. How do you pray for another believer? I want you to be thinking about that this week when we meet together next week. How do I pray for you? How do you pray for me? But we want to share the Lord's Supper together this morning. And as we do that, I want us to dwell, to meditate, to contemplate, to think carefully about two things. First of all, I want you to be thankful for your salvation. I want you to be so thankful for your salvation. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you've ever been saved, this would be Actually, communion is an excellent time for you to bow your head and to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to repent of your sin and to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. Secondly, I want us to just be overwhelmed. That's what I want from all of us. I want us to be overwhelmed that we have all we need in Christ and that we have all of Christ that we will ever need. It's all ours. Astounding, amazing, unbelievable. But we have all we need in Christ. At this time, we will share the Lord's Supper together.